Are you looking for a new kind of talk show? One that motivates and encourages you to follow your passions? Welcome to the Foxworth Theory with Eugenia Foxworth. You'll hear from a variety of guests from all walks of life. Now, here is your host, Eugenia Foxworth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Foxworth Theory. I am your host, Eugenia Foxworth, and I am so excited. This is my first show, and it is about art, fashion, entertainment, and business. We will be interviewing movers and shakers from around the world, both local, national, and international. And this is my passion. I would like to have you know our first guest is going to be Chef Carlos Brown. And he is a mover and a shaker because he's shaking now in his car. Now, Carlos Brown is a celebrity chef, and he has cooked for some of the most amazing people and some amazing dishes, such as President Obama and Mrs. Obama, Shaquille O'Neal, Oprah Winfrey, who else? Danny Glover. Oh, yes, let us not forget Tyler Perry. And, the, and he and the other guests will be talking about sharing their stories with us. Let's welcome Chef Brown. Chef Carlos, can you please tell me how you began? Your backstory on how you began as a cook and then a chef from your mother's kitchen in South Carolina? Well, first, as, as a cook, it actually started with mom. Let me just say that because that's what all she would do. Food would bring our family together. Food, food would bring conversation. Um, one of the things that I, that I strive for even today is being able to say hospitality. Uh, hospitality is missing. It starts really in our home. So with my mom being who she was, the way she created food, she would take what we would call nothing and make something. I mean, I'm talking of egg and rice. And mom always say things like, don't throw anything away. We're like, why? We wasn't allowed to toss food in the trash can. We didn't even have choices, you know, because everything she made was just great. That came over to me. I saw that chef and her became an artist, taught me how to become an artist. They taught me how to be humble, taught me how to, to be patient and, and how to be disciplined. And so I got to give all credit to my mom, who I thought was a great chef. And one of the reasons why I do what I do is because the fact that I've seen her um, work hospitality. I've seen the culinary arts in the kitchen. So that's a fabulous gift. And that's my beginning. That's where I started at. And we started in a very poor neighborhood, uh, but our house was rich with love. It was rich with culinary art and hospitality. Mom, that's the one who taught us this. And that is a story that most people should know because I always say that it begins at home. It begins within the family. And what you see stays with you. It's either a positive or a negative, but yours is an amazing positive. I think, in, I think food, number one, is, is one, it's, it brings people together, number one. Um, and it was always, a, for me, a conversation piece that you will be able to talk to someone once you're sitting down and talking about food. It brought love. It brought joy. Uh, it brought peace. And so even as I teach others, you know, the one thing I tell them about food is, is it brings peace. It brings discipline. You know, because if you put the wrong ingredients in, they come out wrong every time. And one of my one of the analogies my mom used to use was baking. So she said, if you bake this cake the wrong way, or if you shake the oven, and even if you open the oven at a certain time, you will cause it to fall. And so I use that in life as well. If you move too quickly 
if you start, you know, if you're shaking up the wrong way, it can cause it to fall. And so, and I've had some of those ups and downs for not following the recipe. That is very, 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 um, I guess you would say that's life. And that's why you are successful. And that was a very, very um, good point. And that is something that most you should know because you're a proof of what you did and how you got there. Now, um, from the kitchen to culinary, why was it important for you to enroll in a culinary school? And what school? Is there a school in your area that you went to or did you go elsewhere? Well, in, in Charleston, you have a place called Johnson and Rush University, uh, which is now in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I thought it was important to have the educational background, one, because as an African-American, uh, to become a chef where I was born was almost impossible, no matter how, how, how good you cook, right? And so the one thing that I know about the culinary experience is cooking is only 10%. The 90% is knowing the business. And I had the cooking down pack that came from that, I came from that, that root. My root was cooking. But what I also needed to learn to become a true chef is to understand the business of how to, uh, to run a culinary or to run hospitality. And I think that's, that's the importance of any education. And that's my advice to any young person. I do training as well for those that can't afford college. So they can kind of get, you know, at least have that background of understanding the business and knowing that cooking is just 10%. Well, you know, what you just said is very profound. And stating that you are teaching people, that is something. And you are respected because they would not allow you to teach them. And I think that that is very good. And you were, how long did you go to this culinary school? A four-year program. Some people go, you go two years and do, uh, you get an associate two years. But um, to, to get the fulfillment of all, I say take the four years, learn all you can, and be the best at it. And to teach them how to work within the public, how to do a service business, that is something that is lacking in many restaurants, especially now. And I think that what you're doing is amazing. But be careful in that car. Um, stay with us and we will take a short break and we'll be right back with the Foxware Theory. Math and science are far more than just subjects at school. If you're passionate about cooking food, math and science become part of your everyday life. We learn measurements, we learn fractions. That's why Time Warner Cable created Connect A Million Minds, to show young people that math and science can be fun and lead to a career of their dreams. Whether it's an engineer, a food scientist, or a rock star chef. Visit connectamillionminds.com to learn more. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to the Foxworth Theory with Eugenia Foxworth. Now, back to this week's show. Chef Brown from South Carolina to Washington, D.C., You've created meals for the first black family. Tell us about that journey. I'm sure it's interesting. Well, that that was done in North Carolina when uh, President Barack Obama, uh, who was actually the senator uh, coming into town, and it was really strange because there was another chef that was supposed to prepare the meal, and he thought I would be better doing it. Um, so he kind of pushed it over to me, and I was like, oh, I got it, no problem, I can do it. He said, you're not afraid to cook for celebrity, I said, I do it all the time, it's okay. Uh, but that experience has been fabulous. 
Uh, I can remember the, the meal was a salmon, a salmon entree, because uh, I know they wanted to play safe, and, but it was a, a good safe, because that was an honor to be able to serve you know, our first black president. Um, that was an honor to be able to do that. And also to be able to, to pick up uh, on the role of his wife, who, uh, who loves education, uh, who loves children. So to be able to, 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 uh, to uh, I'm sorry, I want to be able to say relate, to relate to her because I teach children uh, with autism, especially kids. And so being able to pull into the education system uh, was just phenomenal. So that was a great experience. I must tell you, you are a gift to me. Maybe we are relatives with different families, with different parents. But I have a question. This is very interesting what you said. How many people were at that dinner that you had to cook for? Oh, God, there was an arena. It was packed. <laughs> and, and, but there's no special room. And so I only did the special room. And of course, at a certain time, when you're doing special cooking, you just cook. You don't count. You don't know. You just know that there's a lot of... Uh, people that's in that room that's looking for that food. But the, my entree was just for him. And what was your entree that you made just for him? Uh, it, was, it was a salmon dish. Now, I can't even remember what the, entree, what the other stuff was to go with it, but I focused on the salmon because I do what I call a gutter sauce. And this gutter sauce is only made by me. So it was special for him, too, to, to be able to taste the gutter sauce. Oh, I'm loving it. I have to come to South Carolina, but I have to, I guess I'll have to ride in the back of your car to get something to eat. But you no. did. No. Okay. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Now, coming from the South, did you experience any racism of any kind while working or studying to become a chef? Now, I'm asking you this because we all experience it, but I'd like to know what you experience. Um, oh my God, just coming up, uh, starting out, and I, my humble beginnings really started out with washing dishes. Um, I remember busting tables and working in a restaurant where there was no black servers whatsoever. The only thing you would do is work at the back of the house. And I would say to myself, hey, I could serve this table, you know, can I do this? And they would say, well, we only have certain positions and for certain people to be up front. And they would use the excuses that, oh, you have to have this amount of years of, of, uh, of serving. And I'll say, well, how do you get to those years? And so I remember the one time that no service showed up and I was the only bus boy in the house and they had to use me. And <laughs> it was a, a phenomenal experience. You know, I worked in kitchens where um, I would be the only only black guy come in. I remember 18 years old, I was working at this, this hotel, very prominent hotel. Um, and at this hotel, I would have, um, they would throw me in the kitchen and nobody would talk to me. You know, because all the other cooks were all white guys. And so they were never, nobody would speak to me. And they're just kind of like, here's your ticket. We'll make this food. And they would call me the rookie in the kitchen. And then one night there was Jim Carrey that came into the restaurant. There was a dish that was made for Jim Carrey. And I made the dish. Um, at the end of the night, the chef came in the kitchen with Jim Carrey and said to me, uh, and said to the line, who made his food? And so everyone began to laugh, like, uh-oh, he's about to be fired. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, I made it. He says, and so Mr. Carey said, hey, this has been a phenomenal meal. I mean, can you do it again tomorrow night? And I was like, sure. Now, everybody's face a blank, like, oh, he loves his food? He really likes his food? And so that, you know, I experienced those hard times and racism in those kitchens, uh, it was tough, but it always made me win because I go right back to mom says, a humble child tastes the grace. And so I began to, to always be humble, do what, I, do, do what I do best, and be confident in what I was doing. And those times got me to where I am. And the chef 
head chef said to me in front of everybody, you're going to be one of the greatest chefs. I promise you that. And, um, and it was a white guy, so that was a blessing. Okay, and is he still alive? Louis Alstein was one of the top 20 chefs in the world. Um, he passed away a few years ago. Um, but I remember, you know, getting his book. And, and when I got his book, he signed it to, um, saying that this is going to be our future major chef in the world. And so that's an honor coming from him. It's an honor. I mean, it's and you're so gracious. You're so gracious. And um, so the one thing that I would like to ask is this. <laughs> because we're talking food, you know, so we got to get right down to the deep dish now. Um, working with these celebrities, well, first of all, I wanted to finish one thing. Was Jim Carrey as funny as he is normally? Did, I mean... Yes. It, All, always joking, yes. <laughs> and that's great. But yes. he's serious when he has to be, and that's where you came in. You were in the right place at the right time, and it was a blessing. So now back to the serious questions again, if you don't mind. Oh, you stop moving. I better be quick. With all the celebrities you've worked with, what was some of your favorite dishes or that you prepared for them? But what was their dishes that they was their favorites that they asked you to prepare? And were there any special diets or concerns that factored in on how you prepared for each celebrity? Uh, when, when I worked with the athlete, yes, there were special diets. But when I worked with celebrity, two people come to mind that uh, allow me to just become, be an artist. Uh, one being is Viola Davis, uh, who I... I Adore, and then the other being was Oprah Winfrey, um, who also just allowed me to be me. And when you get the opportunity to become an artist and watch them enjoy what you prepare for them, it brings much more joy um, to my heart. And so those those two individuals, for sure, I know have been just phenomenal. The style of Davis uh, is in love with the salad dressings and. Um, I think I did some, some salmon for her as well and some I did the spinach salad and I, just, I make my own dressings and so she was I went crazy over that and this is a short story so when I first met Ms. Viola Davis I, I actually met her husband first and I didn't know who he was um, he just ate this food and went home and told his wife listen you gotta try this guy's food and so he brought her back to me and I found out that, oh, this is your husband. I had no clue. But so he bragged so much about it. She was like, oh, he kept talking about it. It's just Chef Carlos, just Chef Carlos. I'm going to see him. And so that was a good time. And then Ms. Oprah Winfrey, I think I did something very unique. It was a, a, a pan-seared duck. I did a blueberry gastric. And she said, oh, never heard of this. Let me try it. And to watch her continue to eat the food was like fresh breath to me. Cause I didn't know, but one, I didn't know she was going to be in the room. That's the first thing. So I was just blown by that as well. I continue to be humble and just do what I do. And I think that was, those are special moments because, you know, those ladies stood there and we wouldn't like celebrities. We were just, they just appreciate the art. Um, so, to be able to be in the room with them and then they're encouraging you as you continue to, to practice your art, that made a big deal. You know why I like you and forgive you for being in that car? So far, I've crossed off the list. All the things I admire in people and the things that I do. I, it, I just love it. But now I'm also curious. Where were you when you met? Viola Davis. Were you in California, New York, or were you in South Carolina? I was actually in Atlanta. Oh. Um, yeah, I was in Atlanta. I, I actually live in Atlanta. Oh. So, 
I've been this is in South Carolina because uh, my mom, who passed away um, last year from the COVID virus, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to honor my mom, and that's why I opened up the restaurant, the Shrimp and Grits brand. And so that's what I came from. But Atlanta is where I met Ms. Viola Davis, and uh, it was just phenomenal. Yes. Yes. Now, where is this restaurant in South Carolina? What's town? It's in, it's in Charleston. I have two of them. One's in Charleston in a place called Monk's Corner. And so um, there's a couple of them that's growing. I opened up my own franchise. Again, these were uh, these were things that we dream about, and now it's all coming to pass um, with, the, with the blessing of God. Uh, this has been a phenomenal journey for a person that you see come from what they would call the hood or, you know, the comeback give back and then create a brand that he has his own franchise. So I'm definitely uh, honored for that as well. So you are just sharing with everybody, which is wonderful, dusting them with your blessings. And some of them are going to come forth and do the same things for someone else. Now that we've spoken about that, what do you feel? is your strongest contribution that you have given back to the community. Because this is important to me, because this is something that I do and have done since I can remember as a child. So this is one of the most important statements uh, that, you know, questions that I have uh, for you. Okay, well, one of the, one of the things I really love is the young people, youth, um, special need kids, kids with autism. Uh, people are always, and, and I did this because I remember coming up and, and always being looked down on. And I would always say, man, you know, I never look down on someone unless you plan on to bring in that person up. And so I always wanted the opportunity to teach some young kids to, and I go to schools doing it. So, hey, guys, there is, an, there is an answer for our youth today. If everybody take the gift that they have inside them and give it back to one child, we can actually change a child one day at a time. Um, I, I created this camp. Uh, we make sure we raise funds for it. They don't come out of their pockets. We bless them. We take them places that they've never been, fine dining. So we didn't have those opportunities coming up to go sit to fine dining tables. But now... We take these kids out to places. We take them how to teach them how to farm and how to harvest their own vegetable. And we just use the art as a tool of discipline uh, and to educate because I think that's a lot of our issues in our country is what we put into our system, how we eat. Um, so we teach them how to eat and, and what to stay away from and, and how to limit the sugar and all those other things, then we can cut down on, on cholesterol and heart attacks and all those things that, you know, those issues that we have. I know going to a doctor, the first thing they tell you um, as a black male, oh, you're borderline um, diabetes. So I'm like, ah, no, we're not going to accept that. What we have to do is figure out what are we eating and what's costing us to do that. So I give to these children. I give them the opportunity because even with the children with autism, they are special and they, and they have special gifts inside of them. And then we just sometimes we try to avoid people because they don't look like us or they don't act like us. And so I wanted to be that guy that said, no, I'm going to hug on these kids. I'm going to love on them and teach them and train them. And, and you'll be amazed the result of what we've seen. Uh, my wife who works hard with me, um, she's, she's, diligent. She's in there scratching the carpet with me and making it happen. And we just do it as a family. And we teach this in our home to our, to our children. So we don't just uh, talk about it in the street, but it's also being done in our household. And that is so good because the families working together. And I do understand about autistic children. There's been someone in my life for years And my friends call him the poor little rich boy. And he's autistic and he is looked at just as people look at everyone else. And and what you're doing and what you have just said is just, it's beautiful. Now, what are you most proud of? Let's, but think about it. And we're going to come back after a short break. And uh, with 
the box swerve theory. Don't go away and tell your wife I believe that's driving. To don't get out of the car yet. Did you know food waste fills over half of your red bin each week? But if you put your food scraps in your green bin, you can help the environment and create compost. If you have a green bin, you would have received a kitchen caddy and compostable bin liners. Using your caddy is easy. Collect your food scraps and empty them into your green bin. Your bin will still be collected fortnightly. It's important to know what can and can't go in your green bin. These items are good to go. Fruit and vegetable scraps, cheese, bread, rice and pasta, coffee beans and tea leaf, meat scraps and bones, fish and prawns, cakes, pastries and biscuits, eggshells, pizza crust and plate scrapings. Small amounts of paper towel or newspaper are also okay. And don't forget your garden waste. These are the items that can't go in your green bin. Plastic bags, food packaging, including biodegradable, coffee cups, cigarette butts, water bottles, cardboard, kitty litter, liquids. Want more information? Get in touch. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to the Foxworth Theory with Eugenia Foxworth. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to the Foxworth Theory. And our celebrity guest today, Chef Carlos Brown. Um, From the kitchen to culinary, why was it important for you to enroll in a culinary school? And what school? Is there a school in your area that you went to or did you go elsewhere? Well, in, in Charleston, you have a place called Johnson and Rush University, uh, which is now in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I thought it was important to have the educational background, one, because as an African-American, uh, to become a chef where I was born was almost impossible, no matter how how rich you cook, right? And so the one thing that I know about the culinary experience is cooking is only 10%. The 90% is knowing the business. And I had the cooking down pack that came from that, I came from that, that root. My root was cooking. But what I also needed to learn to become a true chef is to understand the business of how to, uh, to run a culinary or to run hospitality. And I think that's, that's the important of any education, and that's my advice to any young person. I do training as well for those that can't afford college so they can kind of get, you know, at least have that background of understanding the business and knowing that cooking is just 10%. Well, you know, what you just said is very profound. And stating that you are teaching people That is something. And you're respected because they would not allow you to teach them. And I think that that is very good. And you were, how long did you go to this culinary school? A four-year program. Some people go go two years and you uh, you get an associate two years. But um, to to get the fulfillment of all, I say, take the four years, learn all you can, and be the best at it. And to teach them how to work within the public, how to do a service business. That is something that is lacking in many restaurants, especially now. And I think that what you're doing is amazing. If you're just joining us, our guest today is Chef Carlos Brown. Chef Brown from South Carolina to Washington, D.C., You've created meals for the first black family. Tell us about that journey. I'm sure it's interesting. Well, that that was done in North Carolina when uh, President Barack Obama 
who was actually the senator uh, coming into town. And it was really strange because there was another chef that was supposed to prepare the meal, and he thought I would be better doing it. Um, so he kind of pushed it over to me, and I was like, oh, I got it, no problem, I can do it. He said, you're not afraid to cook for celebrity after I do it all the time, it's okay. Uh, but that experience has been fabulous. Uh, I can remember the, the meal with the salmon, a salmon entree, uh, because I know they wanted to play safe, and, but it was a, a good safe, because that was an honor to be able to serve you know, our first black president. Um, that was an honor to be able to do that. And also, to be able to, to pick up uh, on the role of his wife, who, uh, who loves education, uh, who loves children. So to be able to, 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 uh, to uh, I'm sorry, I want to be able to say relate, to relate to her because I teach children uh, with autism, especially kids. And so being able to pull into the education system uh, was just phenomenal. So that was a great experience. I must tell you, you are a gift to me. Maybe we are relatives with different families, with different parents. But I have a question. This is very interesting what you said. How many people were at that dinner that you had to cook for? Oh, God. There was an arena. It was packed. <laughs> and, and, but there's a special room. And so I only did the special room. And of course, at a certain time, when you're doing special cooking, you just cook. You don't count. You don't know. You just know that there's a lot of uh, people that's in that room that's looking for that food. But the, my entree was just for him. And what was your entree that you made just for him? Uh, it, was, it was a salmon dish. Now, I can't even remember what the, entree, the other stuff was to go with it. But I focused on the salmon because I do what I call a gutter sauce. And this gutter sauce is only made by me. So... It was special for him, too, to be able to taste the gala sauce. Oh, I'm loving it. I have to come to South Carolina, but I have. To, I guess I'll have to ride in the back of your car to get something to eat. But you no. did. No? Okay. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Now, coming from the South, did you experience any racism of any kind while working or studying to become a chef? Now, I'm asking you this because we all experience it, but I'd like to know what you experience. Um, oh, my God. Just coming up, uh, starting out. And I, my humble beginnings really started out with washing dishes. Um, I remember busting tables and working in a restaurant where there was no black servers whatsoever. The only thing you would do is work at the back of the house. And I would say to myself, hey, I can turn this table. You know, can I do this? And they would say, well, we only had certain positions and for certain people to be up front. And they would use the excuses that, oh, you have to have this amount of years of, uh, of, uh, of serving. And I'll say, well, how do you get to those years? And so I remember the one time that no service showed up and I was the only bus boy in the house and they had to use me. And <laughs> it was a, a phenomenal experience. You know, I worked in kitchens where um, I would be the only, only black guy come in. I remember 18 years old, when I was working at this, this hotel, very prominent hotel. Um, and at this hotel, I would have, um, they would throw me in the kitchen and nobody would talk to me, you know, because all the other cooks were all white guys. And so they would never, nobody would speak to me and just, just kind of like, here's your ticket, we'll make this food. And they would call me the rookie in the kitchen. And then one night there was Jim Carrey that came into the restaurant. There was a dish that was made for Jim Carrey and I made the dish. Um, at the end of the night, the chef came in the kitchen with Jim Carrey and said to me, uh, and said to the line, who made his food? And so everyone began to laugh, like, uh-oh, he's about to be fired. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, I made it. He says, and so Mr. Carrey said, hey, this has been a phenomenal meal. I mean, can you do it again tomorrow night? And I was like, sure. Now everybody's face a blink, like, oh, he loves his food? 
he really liked his food. And so that, you know, I experienced those hard times and racism in those kitchens. Uh, it was tough, but it always made me win because I go right back to mom says, a humble child tastes the grace. And so I began to, to always be humble, do what, I, do, do what I do best, and be confident in what I was doing. And those times got me to where I am. And the chef, the head chef said to me in front of everybody, you're going to be one of the greatest chefs. I promise you that. And, um, and it was a white guy, so that was a blessing. Okay, and is he still alive? Louis Alstein was one of the top 20 chefs in the world. Um, he passed away a few years ago. Um, but I remember, you know, getting his book. And, and when I got his book, he signed it to, um, saying that this is going to be our future major chef in the world. And so that's an honor coming from him. It's an honor. I mean, it's and you're so gracious. You're so gracious. And um, so the one thing that I would like to ask is this. <laughs> because we're talking food, you know, so we got to get right down to the deep dish now. Um, working with these celebrities, well, first of all, I wanted to finish one thing. Was Jim Carrey as funny as he is normally? Did, I mean... Yes. It, all, always joking, yes. <laughs> and that's great. Yeah. But yeah. he's serious when he has to be, and that's where you came in. You were in the right place at the right time, and it was a blessing. So now, back to the serious questions again, if you don't mind. Oh, you stop moving, I better be quick. With all the celebrities you've worked with, what was some of your favorite dishes or that you prepared for them? But what was their dishes that they was their favorites that they asked you to prepare? And were there any special diets or concerns that factored in on how you prepared for each celebrity? Uh, when, when I worked with the athlete, yes, there were special diets. But when I worked with celebrity, two people come to mind that uh, allowed me to just become, be an artist. Uh, one being is Viola Davis, uh, who I... I Adore, and then the other being was Oprah Winfrey, uh, who also just allowed me to be me. And when you get the opportunity to become an artist and watch them enjoy what you prepare for them, it brings much more joy um, to my heart. And so those those two individuals, for sure, I know have been just phenomenal. The Viola Davis uh, is in love with the salad dressings and. Um, I think I did some, some salmon for her as well and some I did the spinach salad and it's, I make my own dressings and so she was uh, went crazy over that and this is a short story so when I first met Ms. Viola Davis I, I actually met her husband first and I didn't know who he was um, he just ate this food and went home and told his wife listen you gotta try this guy's food and so he brought her back to me and I found out that, oh, this is your husband. I had no clue. But so he bragged so much about it. She was like, oh, he kept talking about it. It's just Chef Carlos, just Chef Carlos. I'm going to see him. And so that was a good time. And then Ms. Oprah Winfrey, I think I did something very unique. It was a, a, a pan seared duck. I did a blueberry gastric. And she said, oh, never heard of this. Let me try it. And to watch her continue to eat the food was like fresh breath to me. Cause I didn't know, one, I didn't know she was gonna be in the room. That's the first thing. So I was just blown by that as well. I continue to be humble and just do what I do. And I think that was, those are special moments because you know, those ladies stood there and we wouldn't like celebrities. We were just, they just appreciate the art. Um, so to be able to be in the room with them and then they're encouraging you as you continue to, to practice your art, that made a big deal. You know why I like you and forgive you for being in that car? So far, I've crossed off the list. All the things I admire in people and the things that I do. I, it, 
I just love it. But now I'm also curious. Where were you when you met Viola Davis? Were you in California, New York, or were you in South Carolina? I was actually in Atlanta. Oh. Um, yeah, I was in Atlanta. I, I actually live in Atlanta. Oh. So I've been in this in South Carolina because uh, my mom, who passed away um, last year from the COVID virus, um, I wanted to honor my mom, and that's why I opened up the restaurant, the Shrimp and Grits brand. And so that's where I came from. But Atlanta is where I met Ms. Viola Davis, and uh, it was just phenomenal. Yes. Yes. Now, where is this restaurant in South Carolina? What's town? It's in, it's in Charleston. I have two of them. One's in Charleston in a place called Monk's Corner. And so um, there's a couple of them that's growing. I opened up my own franchise. Again, these were uh, these were things that we dream about, and now it's all coming to pass um, with, the, with the blessing of God. Uh, this has been a phenomenal journey for a person that you see come from what they would call the hood or, you know, the comeback, give back, and then create a brand that he has his own franchise. So I'm definitely uh, honored for that as well. So you are just sharing with everybody, which is wonderful, dusting them with your blessings, and some of them are going to come forth and do the same things for someone else. Now that we've spoken about that, what do you feel is your strongest contribution that you have given back to the community. Because this is important to me because this is something that I do and have done since I can remember as a child. So this is one of the most important statements uh, that, you know, questions that I have uh, for you. Okay, well, one of the, one of the things I really love is the young people, youth. Um, special needs kids, kids with autism. Uh, people are always, and, and I did this because I remember coming up and, and always being looked down on. And I would always say, man, you know, I'm going look down on someone unless you plan on to bring in that person up. And so I always wanted the opportunity to teach some young kids to, and I go to schools doing this. So, hey, guys, there is, a, there is an answer for our youth today. If everybody take the gift that they have inside them and give it back to one child, we can actually change a child one day at a time. Um, I, I created this camp. Uh, we make sure we raise funds for it. They, they don't come out of their pockets. We bless them. We take them places that they've never been, fine dining. So we didn't have those opportunities coming up to go sit the fine dining tables. But now we take these kids out to places. We take them how to teach them how to farm and how to harvest their own vegetable. And we just use the art as a tool of discipline and to educate, because I think that's a lot of our issues in our country is what we put into our system, how we eat. Um, so we teach them how to eat and, and what to stay away from and, and how to limit the sugar and all those other things, then we can cut down on, on cholesterol and heart attacks and all those things that, you know, those issues that we have. I know going to a doctor, the first thing they tell you um, as a black male, oh, you're borderline um, diabetes. So I'm like, ah, oh, no, we're not going to accept that. What we have to do is figure out what are we eating and what's costing us to do that. So I give to these children. I give them the opportunity because even with the children with autism, they are special and they, and they have special gifts inside of them. And then we just sometimes we try to avoid people because they don't look like us or they don't act like us. And so I wanted to be that guy that said, no, I'm going to hug on these kids. I'm going to love on them and teach them and train them. And, and you'll be amazed the result of what we've seen. Uh, my wife, who works hard with me, um, she's, she's diligent. She's in there scratching the carpet with me and making it happen. And we just do it as a family. And we teach this in our home to our, to our children. So we don't just uh, talk about it in the street, but it's also being done in our household. And that is so good because the family's working together. And I do understand about autistic children. There's been someone in my life for years. 
and my friends call him the poor little rich boy and he's autistic and he is looked at just as people look at everyone else and and what you're doing and what you have just said is just it's beautiful now what are you most proud of let's but think about it and we're going to come back after a short break with the Foxworth theory. Did you know food waste fills over half of your red bin each week? But if you put your food scraps in your green bin, you can help the environment and create compost. If you have a green bin, you would have received a kitchen caddy and compostable bin liners. Using your caddy is easy. Collect your food scraps and empty them into your green bin. Your bin will still be collected fortnightly. It's important to know what can and can't go in your green bin. These items are good to go. Fruit and vegetable scraps, cheese, bread, rice and pasta, coffee beans and tea leaf, meat scraps and bones, fish and prawns, cakes, pastries and biscuits, eggshells, pizza crust and plate scrapings. Small amounts of paper towel or newspaper are also okay. And don't forget your garden waste. These are the items that can't go in your green bin. Plastic bags, food packaging, including biodegradable, coffee cups, cigarette butts, water bottles, cardboard, kitty litter, liquids. Want more information? Get in touch. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to the Foxworth Theory with Eugenia Foxworth. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to the Foxworth Theory with guests, Chef Carlos Brown. Now, what are you most proud of? Um, the fact that, you know, being able to, uh, to help people to see the smiles on their face, um, knowing that it's not about me, being able not to give up and quit, you know, even in the hard times, um, staying positive, speaking the right words. Now, Chef Carlos, what is next for you? I'm building restaurants everywhere. Um, and we're doing it because, one, I want to bring hospitality. I want to continue to teach. Um, we're also looking to, to to now do a positive television show. I talked with a, a, a producer yesterday. And they said to me, well, we like your positive story. Maybe we want to do some stuff with some negative stuff in it. And I said to him, well, we have enough negative stuff on television. He said, well, the TV station doesn't want, you know, we don't want all the positive stuff. I said, the country is dying. Why not? And he says, well, if you can put some negative in there, it would be okay. I said to him, no, I, I don't want to do negative TV, uh, and, and I'll just be patient because I want to continue to be a positive role model or a positive person that's in the community that's helping people and bringing communities back. So, you know, opening up fine dining, giving people uh, other chefs and cooks who can't afford to go to college, giving them the opportunity to, to shine in those moments, to work in those restaurants. Uh, to serve great food, um, you know, we want to be able to give that. I want to give that back. I want people to, to to know that, you know what, you can be all you can. And we teach. And I ask my staff, even in training right now, I, I, I train my staff and I say to them, listen, what is those dream jobs? How can we help you get to that place? What can we do? How can I invest in you? Uh, I invest in myself. I don't go in my restaurant and eat free. I pay for my food. You know, I make, and they ask me, why would you do that? I said, because if I continue to invest in me, then those seeds will continue to grow. And so I believe in, you know, being able to, to plant seeds and then watch it harvest. So I give to myself. And I think that is beautiful. And I like that you kept 
with what you feel within. Because a lot of people have said, uh, and I've heard people say this, they always want the negative. But you know, you have a negative. What about a souffle you made when you opened the oven? You said your mother said, don't open the oven, it falls. That's a, that's a negative on your cooking, it fell. But that's, but that's a positive negative because then you learn. Now, um, how can everyone follow you on social media and keep up with your journey? Well, I don't know about your journey because you're traveling a lot. But, and your tasty dishes. Well, you can, you can find me on all social media platforms at uh, chefcarlosbrown.com. Um, it's my website, um, Chef Carlos Brown. Facebook, Chef Carlos Brown, Instagram, Twitter, um, LinkedIn. It's all Chef Carlos Brown. And so, um, and then I think a celebrity Chef Carlos Brown somewhere in there, but just finish Chef Carlos Brown. That's on that part. You want to try our cuisine, you can come to Shrimp and Grits Cafe. That's in Charleston, South Carolina, beautiful city. A smaller one is in the Citadel Mall. And then there's another one in a place called Monk's Corner. Very quaint place. Um, food is phenomenal. Uh, we serve with great joy. Uh, we love what we do, and, and you taste it in our food because what's inside of you comes on the plate. So that's how you find us. Um, I'd like to thank you, Chef Carlos. I would like to thank the team, the team that is working with me, our celebrities within themselves, and they are known, my team, very well known. Not as maybe as well known as you are. But I want to thank you. I want to thank our audience. And most of all, I would like to thank Harlem America Digital Network and Voice America Variety Channel. And please join me because I will be airing every Wednesday right here on the Foxworth Theory at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining the Foxworth Theory. Thank you for listening to the Foxworth Theory. Be sure to join us for new shows every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And the shows are also available on the Harlem America Digital Network. We'll talk again next week.